Yeah, the piece of advice that I would leave is if it, you feel so called in your heart to do something, to open a business and share your knowledge of whatever it may be with the world, don't let fear hold you back. Kat here from Standing Stone Kennels, and welcome back to our Standing Stone podcast. Um, you may have followed along and know that we had an original podcast called Yawa, which stood for You Ask, We Answer. Um, but Ethan and I are changing things up now, interviewing a few guests, as well as we'll still both be on the podcast together at times, talking about dogs and hunting and anything else that we're interested in sharing with you. Um, but we are going to be adding some guests to spice things up a little bit. So if you are following along with us, you probably know we have an Instagram page, Facebook page, YouTube channels, as well as Patreon, where we can help people with dog training questions on the daily. Uh, but we also have an online dog training supply company called StandingStoneSupply.com. So if you're looking for anything for your dog, um, whether that's training, treats, or chews, uh, check it out. So on today's episode, I want to introduce you to Kayleen Hoffman. Um, she is a very successful multi-business owner um, that I'm lucky enough to be able to chat with today. And I was introduced to her by a mutual friend when I was looking for a place to get my hair done. Um, and you probably are wondering, what does having your hair done have to do with dog training? Well, probably nothing. I mean, the dogs um, really don't care what my hair looks like on the regular basis. Messy hair, dogs don't care. But she does have a lot to offer as far as what it takes to run a successful business, um, and actually more than one business. So I want you to get a chance to meet this amazing woman and hear about what it takes to run a successful business. So Kayleen, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about where people can find you? Yeah. So thank you so much for that introduction. As if anybody's watching, you probably saw I had a hair sticking straight up as she's talking about I own a hair salon. But um, so I'm Kayleen and I am a multi-passionate person in general. Um, I've got a long history in business, so I'm really excited to share any little nuggets of information that I can with your listeners today. Um, currently, I own a hair salon, a nutrition shop, as well as I'm opening a Pilates studio. Um, my background comes from, I have an undergraduate in math, a master's in business. I was told by my mom that you really have to work in corporate in order to be successful. And it was early on in my corporate career that I thought, you know what, this just is not for me. I can't be confined to the nine to five. I need to have freedom, flexibility. So um, back in my mid-20s, I left the corporate world to start my very first business, which was a personal training studio, and um, we can dive into that here in a minute a little more, but that's really where I learned the ins and outs to business. I owned that for 10 years before selling it to my business partner, and at that time, I opened my salon. I had bought some residential real estate, owned some commercial real estate during that time. And after a few years of owning my salon, I just miss fitness so, so much. Um, and I've really grown my salon to the point where I can, 
I can live out my passion of being multi-passionate and not be um, confined to just one business. Uh, so that has allowed me to now open my Pilates studio, which we will, I know, dive into a little bit more. Um, if you are want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. If you are interested in hair questions, my Instagram is Kayleen.TosseledSalon. And then if you want to follow kind of me personally and my fitness journey, you can go to I am Kayleen and follow me there. Awesome. Well, you even mentioned, I knew that you had done some nutrition stuff, but I didn't even honestly recognize or realize that you had your own nutrition business too. So here I was thinking you were like two businesses. Now it's three businesses. And um, this is where I love getting to chat with people a little bit more and get to know them more um, than just the conversations we've had in the chair, of course. But um, that's awesome. So you have a lot more background in business um, with a master's degree and things like that. So um, Ethan and I, we started our own business without, unfortunately, that um, leg up in the world. And I think that um, that probably was um, something that we lacked is an understanding of what it truly run takes to run a business on the backside, if you will. You know, we had the passion for the dogs and the training and the breedings, but um that is only a portion of running a business. And um, as you know, even though you're passionate about something, it may not end up being successful if you don't run the business right. So you had a background in business as master's um, with a master's degree, and you had another business prior to this that I also didn't know about for 10 years <laughs> um, and then started the salon. So you have a ton of experience that I'm excited for us to share with our listeners today. Um, so let's talk about Tossel just because I'm a little more familiar with your journey there. Um, when exactly did you open that again? So I opened Tossel, my hair salon in 2017. Okay. So that was really close to the time that I started going there, I believe. Um, so Heidi got me in the door right when you guys were opening. So that's awesome. And we've had, um, I've had a whole journey of hair experiences there um, and got to meet a lot of your um, stylists. And it's a very um, awesome experience. I mean, it's its own feel when you walk into your salon and it is up class and upscale and you feel like you're really being taken care of, which is important um, from a competition in um, salon standpoint, shall we say, because you can Google salons in Wichita and come up with a thousand salons. So how did you want to set your business apart from the others? And gain people um, coming to you and sticking with you? Yeah. So I feel like in business, you have to have a specialty. You have to have a niche. And I really learned that from opening my first gym. So I'll go back to say, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. Having my master's degree, it taught me textbook how to run a business, but man, running a business is so different than even textbook. And like you said, there's so many more complexities that go into it than just having a passion or learning um, how to get from point A to point B on what an instructor in a master's program might tell you, because most often those people have never owned their own business. So 
I learned how to really niche down when I opened my first gym. Um, it wasn't a gym when I opened it. It was just me. I was the personal trainer. I was the one doing the work, everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, everything. But with that, I really had a specialty approach to fitness. I had looked at what other people were experiencing in fitness in the Wichita community where I live and noticed what was missing. And that's the same thing that I did at the salon. So with fitness, what I saw missing is people would go to the gym for months and years and they would spend their membership dollars. They would spend personal training dollars, but they never really looked any different. So the missing link there was really teaching people nutrition and lifestyle factors that need to become a holistic approach to losing weight and truly living a healthier lifestyle. And so when I opened my gym, that was the, the difference that I brought. And, and I really brought also a boutique style of fitness that wasn't as mainstream as it is now. You know, at this point, that's been 15 years ago. And boutique fitness like Orange Theory and what I'm opening with Body Bar Pilates wasn't a thing back then. So Pretty groundbreaking then. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I didn't know what I didn't know. At that time, I just knew that I was seeing things in fitness that weren't working for people and I wanted to make it work. So same thing with you and dogs. You've seen things that don't work or maybe how they could be done a little bit better, a little bit different to make your customer's experience different. So when I decided to sell my portion of the gym, I really did not know what I wanted to do at that point, but I knew I wanted to do something uh, and that I did not want to go back corporate. And I ran across a podcast about uh, blow dry bars. And I was like, you know what? That is really amazing. It's something that allows women to feel empowered. And, and I'm all about empowering women. And it, it helps them feel confident, not through fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but through hair. So I felt like I was still going to get to do what I loved at my gym, but in the hair world. So I opened my salon as a blow dry bar only in Wichita, Kansas, where we don't have the demographic that we have on the East and West Coast. But I really wanted to bring women in Wichita an experience that they don't get at any other salon. So when I thought about opening the salon, I was like, who do I want to serve? And my answer to that was women. I wanted to serve a higher end demographic because I feel a higher end demographic appreciates the time and the knowledge that stylists put into doing hair. I didn't want to just do anybody's hair. Um, but I also wanted to provide a work environment for stylists that they didn't have to stand on their feet 10 to 12 hours a day and break their back. They could really make a good living working kind of normal hours and still have a life outside of work. Um, so I didn't open the salon as a licensed cosmetologist. I opened it with a business in mind, and that came from all the years of experience that I had from my gym. Fast forward a few years, and we can dive into this a little bit more when 
you are in business, you have to be able to pivot. And I just saw, you know, Wichita, like I said earlier, is a different demographic than the East Coast and the West Coast. Uh, we had a lot of women coming in for blowouts um, during specialty times of the year. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, times that we had events and fundraisers, but that wasn't 24-7. So my vision of being able to provide stylists a place to work that they didn't have to work 12 hours a day and they actually could spend time with their family was not being seen through. And I, I really had to reanalyze the business and say, okay, how can I still make this grow and and live out the dreams that I wanted to build out of this, but it has to be different. And this was before COVID came. And so I started making the shifts. Number one, I had to go to cosmetology school and really understand what these girls are, what my stylists are going through on a day-to-day -day basis. So at 34 years old, I go to cosmetology school while I'm running my businesses. And it was just a, an eye-opening experience. But through that, it allowed me to become a women-focused salon that is luxury high-end, just like I wanted when I opened, but we offer luxury color services and luxury hair extensions. And I tell you what, being able to pivot has been a game changer for the business, for our guests that come in for services and for my team, which is most important. That's awesome. And I think that's something that we need to think about as business owners is being able to evolve because um, you only opened Tossled in 2017. So almost five years now and, or just five years. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been in business for 10 years for ourselves, but you have the previous 10 years of experience. And as you saw through those journeys, things have to change and adapt with the times, with what your clients want. Um, and if you can provide a different experience and continue to evolve with what is being needed and asked for, um, that's going to keep you ahead of the curve and successful. So, you know, you're five years in with the tossled and now you have changed things a little bit and you have even more opportunities to offer your clients and um, other employees because you do also offer, like you said, the, the makeup services. I saw that you offered makeup services now. Um, and if you want to open that up to doing other experiences like facials, that gives you other opportunities as well. Um, just being able to evolve and adapt and not just say, no, we're, we're a blow dry bar. That's all we're going to be. That's all I'm willing to put into this because it took a big step for you to change things. Another commitment, um, with your education and everything to be able to do more, um, like you saw the need for. So, as a business owner, you have to be willing to put in the time because like you said, you were already running a business and now you're going to school and what other hats were you wearing at the time um, to get all of these pieces in line so that you could continue growing your business? Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there are a couple things that you can unpack from what you just said, but the number one thing in owning a business is outside of being able to evolve is making sure you can provide a good environment for your team to work because you don't have a business if it's just you. 
nothing in life should be just you. You know, that's why we get married and have kids. Like there should be more to life than just you. And there, you could be a solopreneur, but everything is put on your back. And life is so much more amazing when you can build a team around you. And if I would have stayed a blow dry bar, number one, when COVID came, I would have been shut down. So it's, it's just a blessing in disguise that I was already able to see the writing on the wall and evolve and make those changes before COVID came. But I, I really saw the writing on the wall by seeing some turnover in my team because sustainability as a stylist and, you know, the work that you do with dogs is not easy. It can be long days. If you can't offer some sustainability for your team, they're going to leave. And then the cost that not only the, the financial cost, but also the time cost of you finding a new employee to fill that training them, you know, that turnover will just kill your business. And once I finally made the shift and was able to provide my team a better work environment, they make more money than most stylists make 10 years working in, in this industry. And, and it's only been like two years out of hair school for them. I am so honored to say that because now I should be able to build a team that will be with me long-term. This is a career path for them. They're not going to be burnt out. They're not going, if you look at statistics in as far as stylists, most of them only work for a couple of years out of hair school and then they leave styling because it's too hard and they can't financially support their family or their body is suffering from the work. So yeah, just being able to pivot and evolve has offered the business so many more opportunities than I would have been able to offer if I would have said, my vision is a blowout bar and I'm not going to do anything outside of that. And you had a very good point there. So it's not just you. Now you started your first fitness business, you said as just you and that, um, I completely understand where you were at with that, except I still had Ethan to share in when we started our business because it was just him and I, but that was us. We were, we were the cleaners for the kennel. We were the feeders for the dogs. We walked them and let them out to potty. We trained them and it's a 24 seven job because the dogs need those things every single day of the year. So um, wearing all those hats as well as being able to be reached easily by our clients for updates and communicating how their dogs are doing. Um, you are really working yourself um, quite hard and it's not sustainable. Um, mm -hmm. You know, taking care of myself as an employee and a team member was also important. Um, and I'm sure that you see that, you know, you can't burn the candle at both ends and sustain something long-term. You need to grow that business, grow your team. And that includes finding and hiring the right people that um, want to be part of something bigger and then treating them right and showing that you appreciate them. And that's also financially showing them that they can make this a career. It's not just um, a minimum wage job. Um, and when you can financially pay people more, um, you're getting people that have more value in the business as well. You're finding people that truly want to be there, want to make it a career, not that constant turnover, which is so difficult. It's so time consuming to 
go through the new hire process with interviewing and meeting people, training them in, seeing if they are a good fit, and then finding out if they truly are a good fit. And finding and keeping the right people makes our jobs as business owners so much easier and things run so much smoother. And I, I love building that team and having, you know, a core of people that are invested, have seen us grow and change and evolve over the years that really um, feel proud to be a part of that because they are a part of it. Mm -hmm. And without them, we wouldn't be running the business the way that we are today. And without them, if Ethan and I were still doing this 24 seven, just ourselves, it wouldn't be sustainable. And we wouldn't be able to do the other aspects of our business, um, like these podcasts and our training videos on YouTube and, um, all of the other shows and seminars and things we put on because we would just be spread too thin. So that was a really good point you made. And I think that's been one of the the difficult things for me to embrace as each one of my businesses have grown is every business that I've started up until now, I have been the one doing it all. And when you do it all, you know it all and you know how you expect for it to be done and then the first time you make a hire, it's the scariest thing in the world. Not only because you have to financially support them now, but also it's for me, it's giving up control. And it's like, are they going to do this up to my expectations? And when I say it's the hardest, it's been one of the hardest things for me to embrace as I grow and evolve myself in each business, it is, but what I have learned from it and what I have to tell myself as I'm getting to that stage in Tossled, for example, is most often other people can do it better than me once I train them correctly. So they're never going to do it the way I do it. But when you're being spread too thin, you're not giving anything 100%. And I'm, I'm kind of reaching that point at Tossled. You know, I opened the business not being a licensed cosmetologist. My vision for myself in that business was never to work behind the chair because legally at the beginning, I couldn't. And then when I graduated school, I was the one that came in and taught my team how to do the luxury hair extensions and how to do color because they had done blowouts only for two years. So I had to reintroduce that to them. But now it's my time to start stepping away. And it's so scary because I work one-on-one -on -one with clients. I've gained that relationship and that trust from them. And recently I gave up my color-only clients and my cut-only clients because I have bigger things that I want to do. And even if it wasn't me opening a Pilates studio, I need to be investing in my business through marketing and through growing my team. And when, if I'm the one on the floor doing all the work all the time, I'm exhausted at the end of the day and I cannot invest in them physically, emotionally, no way. So their, their growth is stunted when my growth stunts. So, you know, recently I, I just want to share like the level that I've hit at Tossled is I can't be doing all of these services, but I have people on my team that have openings in their books that can do those services. And I know that they're fully capable of cuts and colors, but 
on the flip side, what the process that you go through is if I give this up, who will I be letting down? So for me, it was, am I going to upset those guests that I tell, hey, I'm no longer going to be doing your haircut. And when I finally made that decision after getting back from a trip that gave me so much clarity, I did lose a few guests that decided to go to another salon, but I had more guests that were so supportive of me and switched over to one of my other stylists because they know we take such detailed notes on each one of their visits and they know the experience they're going to get every time they come in my salon. So what that has allowed me to do is grow my, my team and then allow me to step back a little bit from the day-to-day stuff and spend time looking at the bigger picture of my business so that I can grow them even more one year from now, three years from now, five years from now, so that they don't stay stagnant. Nobody wants that to stay stagnant. That is incredibly insightful. And something that I very much struggled with as well in the beginning is that letting go of some of that control um, because Ethan and I had done everything for ourselves almost completely for five or more years. And it's hard to take that step back and say, there's other people out there that can help us with these, these goals. And I have to train them, but when they're trained properly and when you have the right person that has a hunger to learn more and to gain the knowledge and to meet our expectations. And we give them a little bit of freedom and, um, say, okay, you know, take the reins. They typically exceed our expectations, um, because they are ready for that. We've, we've taught them and trained them where we're at, how to get these dogs from point A to point B. And they are, like you said, they're not exhausted. This is their, you know, not necessarily a nine to five since we're open a little bit earlier than that, but, um, this is their, you know, come to work, do the work, put all of their effort into training these dogs, giving them the time, the love, the compassion, the patience that it takes to develop them and then go home, spend time with their families, decompress, Mm -hmm. do what they want on their weekends. Um, whereas Ethan and I, we don't get a chance to take a break and step back. If I'm not training dogs, I'm doing something else for the business, that bigger picture. Um, the marketing, the, the social media, the content machine that is the internet. Um, and I can't do that and train dogs and everything else and still make time for myself, which is so important from a healthy balanced lifestyle to make sure that everything's getting the appropriate, um, amount of time and not just time, but the quality of time that I'm giving it. So yes, finding a good team. And then yes, a lot of times they do as great a job or not better. Um, I know Jess, one of our head trainers, she does an incredible dog job with the dogs um, and with our clients, which is a big relief to us to know that those clients, those dogs are being taken care of just as Ethan and I would, if not better. And we struggled with making that decision as well. What are our clients, repeat clients, you know, that have got a puppy from us. And then five years later, they're sending another dog for training. Well, we're not necessarily out training every day, every dog. And are they going to be okay with that? And 
it was a little bit of a transition period, you know, where we would still be involved with some of the training, then taking more of a step back, um, you know, still being in communication with clients and things like that, and then taking a little more of a step back. Um, but it needed to happen if we were going to continue growing and to continue doing all of the things that people want us to do, which is sharing information and education for people to train their dogs from home if they want. So it is a difficult decision. It's scary. It's that, um, you know, sink or swim moment, because if you don't have the right people in place, it's not going to work. So I thought that was incredibly insightful. Right. Thank you. And, you know, with this episode, I, I know we're talking more about business instead about dogs, but if anybody that is a dog trainer right now that wants to start their own business similar to yours, it's, you go into business and you never know, like there's no roadmap that says this is how you open a dog training business, or this is how you open a salon or a gym or own real estate. There's there are books that can help guide you, but you're going to learn along the way. And it's just allowing yourself the time and the space to see the signs, to see the writing on the wall, to listen to your clients, your customers, your guests, whatever you call them, listen to their feedback because people will tell you what they want from you. And then that gives you the direction on which your business should grow. And with that too, you always have to be willing to take like some very scary leaps. I can't tell you how much money I have invested into myself through coaches, through schooling, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in all of my businesses. I have spent getting coached and guided outside of me thinking what I should do because it's so much better to have somebody who's already been there, done that, to have a third party perspective on what you have going going on in your business and help direct you to those next stages. So if somebody is listening and they have this vision of, I want to open X, Y, and Z, just do it. You don't have to know how you're going to get there. If I knew what it was going to take to open my gym, and get to where it was at 10 years into it before I sold it, I wouldn't have done it. I would have been too scared. It would have felt like too monumental, um, too big. If, if people would have told me the sleepless nights I was going to have, I just wouldn't have done it. But it's like having a child. You don't know until you, you bring that into the world. And then you just do what you have to do on a daily basis and figure that it out so along true. the way. And I, that was the comparison I was going to make about children. It's like, it's not most of the time. It's not like you go home from the hospital with a three-year-old toddler that's telling you no to everything you're asking them to do. Um, you're taking home this sweet newborn that relies on you for everything. And, um, had I known where that would take me in three years to where we're at with Aiden, I would have been overwhelmed for sure. And would have been like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. I'm going to ruin it. I'm <laughs> this kid isn't going to get raised. Right. But because I took the small steps to get there, it made the process um, flow more smoothly. And it just like you grew into the places you needed to be along the way. I grew into the parent that I needed to be for him along the way, just like growing into the business owner um, along the way that you need to do, because you, you don't know, and there's nothing out there, no matter what book you read, podcast you listen to, 
it's not going to prepare you to know exactly what you're going to have to do and an exact step-by-step plan because your journey is going to be different than everyone else's. Uh, Your clients are going to need something different than someone else's clients, which is what makes businesses successful. Um, Ethan and I talk about that a lot of times. We are not the only dog trainers out there and our program and how we train and what our requirements are for our, our clients are maybe not what fits for everyone. And so we may not be the best trainer out there for somebody that's looking for something else. And so that's why a different trainer is going to be successful um, with their dogs and still successful with their business because we are all different. Um, every salon's different. Every gym is different. Um, and I guess there's franchises, sure, that have a similar feel, um, but they've grown to the point where they need to be in so many different locations and things like that. So um, you had mentioned that um, being able to take that step back, um, see the bigger picture, develop what needs to be done to continue making the business successful, not only for yourself, but also for your employees and your team. Um, What other aspects are you working on for that bigger picture? Um, You mentioned marketing, advertising. Um, I think we should talk about that because things, even in that department, have evolved so much since when we started our business. I'm sure since when you originally started your gym, um, it's evolved. (laughs) Yeah. So marketing and advertising, you cannot have a business if you are not doing that. And it looks, just like you said, Kat, so different than it did 10 years ago when I started my gym. Um, and then there is one other thing that I'm working on, like to grow my businesses too, that I'd like to share. Um, but when I started my gym, I started, so that's been about 15 years ago. Now I grew my clientele, not knowing anything about the power of social media, but what I was doing every single day before I decided to become a personal trainer, I went through my own transformation. I didn't grow up healthy. I didn't grow up active. And I was working at a fortune 500 company sitting at a desk all day, just got out of college now going for my master's degree. And I was starting to put on weight and not, didn't feel good. So I was like, you know what, Kayleen, you have got to change your life. You you've got to figure this out. And when I was going through my own transformation, Again, I didn't know what I didn't know. I was just learning it along the way. I was posting and sharing about it on social media. At that time, it was just Facebook. But every day, I would either post like a positive quote or post my workout or post my breakfast. And what that did, and I had no intention of it doing this, is when I decided it built up credibility is what it did. People saw me go through my personal transformation over the course of like a year while I was still working my corporate job and they saw me change my body and they believed in what I was doing. They were like, wow, she's a different person mentally, physically, and emotionally. She is a different person and I want what she has. But at that time I wasn't offering anything, you know, I was working corporate, but people started asking me questions like, Hey, what are you eating? What are you doing for your workouts? How are you doing this? And that was my sign that I love this. I really, really love this. I could start a business out of this. 
Um, so when I made the transformation, leaving corporate and becoming a personal trainer, I had a demographic of people that were following me on social media, waiting for the day for me to offer more information to them, offer a way to get into my world and learn from me. So unknowingly, by posting every single day, there weren't ads at that time, I built a clientele that took me up on the services that I had to offer as soon as I offered it because I gave away so much free content for such a long time. And now how social media has evolved to allow us to market is through free content, which is what it's allowed you to do when you've stepped away from the day-to-day training by doing these podcasts and doing your YouTube videos, you are giving away free content which allows you to get your your brand out there, which in turn brings customers into you, which in turn allows you to employ people to do what they love to do. So marketing is a huge job and I cannot spend much time on marketing my salon or my other businesses when I'm in the weeds of the business. But when you can step away from it, There are so many different avenues that you can advertise what you have to offer. And I really say to to master one of them and then expand on others. So, for example, with hair, it's so easy to be on Instagram and master reels and posts and stories. But then outside of that, when I'm able to free up more time, YouTube videos would be a great way to show tutorials, um, to show more of what we do in the salon on a day-to-day basis, but you can't, you can't create this free content if you're the one doing it all, which kind of leads back to what we were talking about earlier. So marketing your business is so important. That's the free way, but then there's a paid way too. So paid advertisements through Um, Google, through Facebook, through Instagram can help get your brand out there even more. If you're doing paid advertisements, though, and you don't have a page to actually come back to for that person who's clicking on your ad to see more of what you have to offer, they're not going to, it's going to be a dead lead. They're not going to go anywhere. So with Standing Stone Kennels, if I see one of your YouTube videos, I've got your web page that I can go get more information on, which takes a lot of your time and energy. I've got your Instagram that I can go see like bite-sized pieces of tutorials on, which takes a lot of time and energy to create. Um, but, but marketing is so amazing now. You can share anything you want to offer to this world, free or paid, as long as you're consistent yes, and, with it. It um, will pay. Even off. the marketing side of things, like we can't do it all either. I would love to be able to have the time to do all that, but I can't. So we actually hired a company, um, Red Eleven Media, who does our editing of our videos. So Ethan and I shoot the videos, the training videos, then we send those files over to an editing company that is actually owned by Ethan's brother. And he puts them into a video that's edited with all the text, lower thirds, all the, you know, editing stuff that we, A, don't have the know-how. Again, like you said, if I was trying to do it myself, it wouldn't be as good because I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough 
training to do this. Um, and so they put it together into a much better format that when, than we could have. And then we can take that and present it on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, um, where we can kind of manage how it's used, but somebody else is putting it together for us. Um, and that is the incredible thing about the world today. Like if I need a graphic or something for a t-shirt, because that's a great way to advertise too. I'm actually using, I don't know if you can see the coffee cup that you guys gave out at one of your open houses forever (laughs) ago. Um, and you know, merchandising, that's an easy way to advertise and get your brand out there. Um, but I'm not a graphic designer by any means. So again, like hiring someone else that has gone to school that has the credibility, um, and has the training and ability to put something, some idea to actual use and then be able to utilize it because, I'm not too proud to know when I'm out of my depth and I need help in those aspects, you know, same with, um, I had a gal on that does all of our photography for us, for our family and our newborns and maternity photos and all of those milestone pictures. And sure, I could try and do that on my cell phone or with one of our cameras, but I'm not a photographer. Um, we dabble in dog photography, shall we say, but, um, you know, I need somebody that professionally does that so that we don't have to try and do it ourselves. Yeah. And the thing about investing in, in people to do the things that you, your time should not be spent doing is number one, if you had to edit all your YouTube videos, you guys probably number one, they wouldn't be as good or number two, which is more so what happens they wouldn't get done, you know, because then you start burning the end at, or burning the candle at both ends. And and there's not enough hours in the day. Um, Truly. I mean, there's not. No. And you, you just have to really look at the return on the investment. So when I start looking at things, I look at the project. So your YouTube channel is a project. For example, I look at, okay, if I'm going to spend my time, which is also money, um, and then I'm going to spend my money on getting this edited, what's the return on the investment? Is this worth my time and my money to do? And if it is, and I have a kind of like a mini business plan put around it, perfect, run with it, do it, stay consistent and follow through. But you have to know that projects like that at first you'll you'll dump a lot of time and money into and you might not see the payback for a while but if you have a good plan around it and you do stay consistent with it yes. that return should come you know like your youtube channel is now paying off but at first and that's the thing so we like started our youtube channel with a few training videos back when ethan and i were doing everything ourselves 10 years ago there's a few videos on there from then Um, but again, we were editing them ourselves at the time with, you know, just iMovie on the computer. Um, and we didn't have time to do all of it. So it fell by the wayside. We're like, we can't sustain this. Um, and looking back, Ethan and I wish that we would have been able to find a way to do that, whether that was hiring somebody to edit them for us so that we had the content still available, um, because that would have helped grow our YouTube channel exponentially from where it is now, having had consistent content going for the last 10 years, instead of really consistently um, for the last like three, probably years. 
Um, but we just couldn't. And sometimes you have to be able to, like you said, the return on investment and no, I just can't right now. This is a great idea, but I'm going to have to back burner it until I have more time or I have enough resources to put into the financial side of this. Um, but yes, it is always a risk. You know, every new idea or plan that we have, I go, okay, what is the return on investment? How much time is this going to take? Do we truly have the time? Um, how long will it probably take to start making? Mm -hmm. And yes, money, because, you know, we're businesses, um, but a return on that investment um, from a growth standpoint, maybe, you know, our YouTube channel, sure, we make a little bit of money off of like AdSense, which is, you know, the advertising money that YouTube kicks back to us. Um, but mostly it's used as a word of mouth advertising for our brand. So people watch a Standing Stone Kennels dog training YouTube video. It gives us credibility. Wow, they train dogs and they can do a good job. And I like how they interact with their dogs. I'm trying this at home. Not working out quite the way they made it look. Maybe I can send my dog to them for training. Or, oh, they talk about this Patreon thing that they do all the time. What is that? Oh, they could literally help me train my dog from home. And that's a subscription-based service. You know, we're giving our time to help you one-on-one, -on -one, give you feedback on your training sessions, and you are paying us a small fee to do that monthly. Um, and then also drives business to our online store where people are like, well, I want to train my dog. I want that lead. That easy lead looks amazing. Where can I get one? Well, you can get it from standingstonesupply.com. So all of those things um, that our YouTube channel does drives business other places. And so it is a huge return on our investment. Um, mm -hmm. And then we look at other projects and try and project what that return on investment will be. Um, and sometimes it is a shot in the dark where we're like, I see a need for this. I hope that it pays off. But until we really get the ball rolling and see, you know, give it time to actually develop and, you know, get momentum, we won't know. And it's a risk that you take as a business owner. It is. And I feel like I have a lot of friends in the past because I'm always asking my friends, like, what do you want to do? You know, I, how can I help you get there? And I have a lot of friends, a couple, I should say that have told me for years, like almost 20 years now, I would love to open my own business. I would love to do this. And, and now almost 20 years has passed and they still haven't done it. So it's like, you've got to just try it and you're never going to know if it's going to work out or fail until you try it. And we've talked about this at the beginning that you're going to be the one that does it all. Sometimes you're the one that does it all with, and this is just like your passion project is your side hustle. And then it can become your full-time job. But the other thing, when you talked about like, what are you working on now? And, and you asked about marketing and um, advertisement. The other thing that I'm working on for me is balance and like health within myself, because as an entrepreneur, you get like, you can be working 24 seven. I love what I do so much. And I'm passionate about the businesses that I own that I could seriously be working from the moment I wake up to the moment that I go to bed. And the last several years, I have found myself doing it. It's such an easy routine to get into because there's 
always things for you to be doing. But getting back into the fitness business, one of the reasons I wanted to do it is selfishly. Because just having a business that's focused around health and fitness, I have to live that lifestyle, right? It goes back to when I was posting my transformation journey on Facebook. People only came to work with me because I was living proof of it. And at the salon, like I can easily hide behind hair and makeup and people will never know that I'm working myself 24 seven, but in a fitness business, like you really have to show that you are the epitome of health, maybe not the epitome, but what, what the point I'm trying to get across is as an entrepreneur, you have to build in boundaries. And not only am I speaking this to you, Kat, and anybody that might be listening, but I'm speaking it to myself that your business won't grow if you also personally aren't healthy. And that is physically, mentally, emotionally healthy, healthy in every way. If you are working so hard that you're not sleeping, which is where I was at when I owned my gym, there's a period of time that your body will allow you to do that. And then there's a period of time where your body is going to shut down. And I personally experienced it. If you are working so hard that you're either not eating or you're always eating fast food and you're never drinking water, there's a period of time that your body will allow you to do that. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day with either a disease or just like massive fatigue that you no longer have the brain function and energy to do the things that you want to do. So There's so many components that go into it, sleep, nutrition, exercise, sunlight, having play and joy in your life and not working 24-7, but that's really what I'm working on now that I'm in almost, it's crazy to say, like 18 years of owning businesses, that's the stage in my entrepreneurial life that I'm focusing on is how do I take care of myself while taking and care of everybody that else is something around. that I think we struggle well I know we struggle with um, is that balance um, because like you said for 10 years we've been doing this the way we've been doing it and we love what we do we love helping people we love helping dogs we love sharing our information um, we are very invested in our business and literally I wake up I am terrible about it but I check all of our messages, emails, try and get back to people right away. Um, then last thing at night, I'm checking messages and I'm like, oh, I need to, I need more brain power to get back to this person tomorrow. So I'm going to mark that as unread for right now. Um, but I'm looking at it because I'm, I'm just always working and it's hard to shut it off when you care so much. And it's something that you've grown and you're proud of and, um, you've invested in and pride yourself in being easy to communicate with, um, but also it's hard because I've conditioned myself over the last 10 years that this is what I do. This is what we do. We don't shut it off. And um, now that we have children, it's a lot more important to shut it off at times because otherwise they're getting divided time and divided attention and then nothing's getting the quality of attention it should. So we are really striving to get family time in balance, um, which is also important for us time, you know, you have your new businesses where your health actually is part of the business. So it kind of 
makes you, forces you to put that as a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can have the credibility, you can live the lifestyle that you're promoting. Um, I'm not necessarily doing that as a dog trainer, but recognize that I need to do that from just a brain power standpoint and a fatigue standpoint. You know, I don't want to reach for that cup of coffee at two 30 in the afternoon. Cause I've hit that wall and I have nothing else. I have nothing <laughs> left to give without that caffeine kick. Um, so we're trying to find that balance and again, hiring people to do things that we need the help with like childcare to give us that ability to have the balance has been very key and very important. Um, like we talked about the other day at my hair appointment. So, um, we're hoping to really get that balance mm -hmm. in line because you can't be the best of the best and you can't run a successful business, take care of your clients, um, and continue to grow at some point, something's going to give, um, and your body's going to finally tell you enough is enough. I can't sustain this anymore. You've got to make some changes in your lifestyle. If you're going to continue, um, growing and developing your business the way that you want. And that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, we don't, my husband and I don't have kids, but we have dogs and, um, dogs need your attention too. And I know that there were so many days I was coming home because I was doing it all and I didn't even have the energy to give them attention. And that's a sign like, you know, you really need to start taking care of yourself and why do you have dogs or why do you have kids if you're not going to give them the time? Why do you have a spouse if you're not going to give them the and time and energy? Um, a that huge they part need of self growth to. and self realization and just being honest with yourself. Um, because it's easy to be like, oh, no, no, this is normal because I've been doing it for 10 years. Well, and there's been some, you know, peaks and valleys of the business yeah. growth and the time commitment and things like that. But definitely when you take that step back to see the big picture and you see the, the writing on the wall of this has been our life and our, we've conditioned ourselves that this is what it is. We need to make some changes. And I think that clients that have followed you through the years and really appreciate you. Um, they are proud and happy for you to make those realizations. I get, I get people that reach out and say, good for you. You need to do something for yourself. Not the opposite where people reach out and say, mm -hmm. what you're not working on a Sunday, get back to work, you know? Um, so I love that our, our <laughs> team, our clients are very supportive of that. Um, and it means that they truly care about us, not only as a business, but as the people behind the business. So, yeah. And all that to be said, like, I don't say that I'm working on this because entrepreneurship is so hard or running your own business is so hard. I say that because I freaking love what I do. And I love the people that I have employed around me. I love the guests that I serve on a daily basis or that my team helps me serve on a daily basis that I want to build in the systems, the boundaries, the structure so that I can continue to do this. Like there's so much beauty in living out what you have been put on this earth to do but you have to build in that structure and those boundaries around it. Otherwise you'll hit burnout and then you'll start to resent the, the clients that are constantly asking demands of you. And that's, that's not so why true. 
you start um, a business. So your goals for Tossel, because like you said, you don't want to hit burnout. You want to continue growing and developing mm-hmm. um, and not getting to the point where you resent anything. And same with us. I never want to resent our clients. I have been where they're at in the beginning stages of what do I do with this dog? I'm at my wits end. Please help somebody, right? So I always want, and I call them clients. They're just people that reach out to us on Instagram sometimes, you know, there's um, followers, I guess, supporters, fans, and I want to be able to get back to them and not have, you know, a shadow over my interactions with them because I'm burnout. Um, So what are your goals then for Tossled, as well as talk a little bit about your Body Bar East that you are getting started. Um, We haven't talked a lot about that, but just a little bit to know where your goals are for the future with your businesses. Yeah, so my, my goal, my personal goal, which my businesses will allow me to get there is my husband and I love to travel. And I don't want to be tied down to something that makes me go into like into a physical location to do it every single day because we want to have a second home in Arizona that we love to go visit and we want to stay there for a couple of months out of the year. We want to be able to pick up and travel and have that freedom and flexibility to do what we want when we want. So we're working on getting there and I feel like we're really close. With Tossled, my vision is still what it was at the beginning to have a luxury hair salon where stylists can work like quote unquote normal hours, make an amazing living, and then still have time for their family and for themselves outside of it. And I really feel like it's there. Finally, you know, the first three years of business are kind of like, a bit of a fight through and then we're hitting five like that's years where we were at five, the there. five year so like really, either itch where you're like things aren't working and I need to make a change um, which is where we were at we five years we had to move um, our business location to somewhere that could support um, having employees and things but also like that was that sweet spot where it had been growing pains and figuring out what worked, what didn't work, and then got to that point where it was like, okay, things are finally in the direction so that we can get to do more of what we want. Yeah, yeah, you kind of do go through that mental, like, do I keep doing this because it's a lot of work or do I not? And But if you stay consistent and you follow through, and you're making the right decisions, it will, it just takes time. So Tossled is there. And I really just want to grow my team that I have. I have such an amazing team there right now. Like so great. I can't even explain how grateful I am for the team that we have finally built. I trust them so much. I want to build up their schedules um, to the point where they're, there's only one of them left that works two jobs. Um, and I want them all to be able to have this as their sole income. It's been so fun. My lead stylist worked two jobs and Tossled was part-time for her. And over the course of four years, she quit that other job. And now she's making almost more than her husband. And that is my goal for my team at Tossled. So I don't see like a second location or anything. I just want the 
the location that I have that's working like a well-oiled machine to stay that way and continue to serve a bigger community than we currently are here in Wichita. Um, and then with Body Bar, so it's a Pilates studio, which Wichita has some Pilates studios, but it's not marketed or well well known and Pilates is kind of newer to fitness in general like it's been around for a long time but I think a lot of people haven't looked at the amazing benefits that Pilates has so I want to grow that like I want everybody in East Wichita to be doing Pilates their body needs it everybody's body needs it I 100% believe that and so we open for our founders week, um, April 25th, which I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but it's one week from today, which is crazy. Um, and I have, a, again, there, I have already built such an amazing team. My lead instructor has been doing Pilates, coaching Pilates for eight years. I have another girl on my team that has been teaching Pilates for over 10 years and has been in the fitness industry for 20. So like the, the team that I've already built there is amazing. Um, I potentially want to bring it to Kansas city, um, depending on how this one goes and, and maybe Arizona where we want to have a second home. So having a couple locations because body bar is a franchise and that's something that we didn't talk about much on this podcast, but there, my other businesses I've built from the ground up and there's beauty in that, but there's also beauty in buying into a franchise where all the systems and structure has been built for you. So I didn't have the time and energy to put in systems and structures into creating my own Pilates studio. So this one with working with a franchise has been amazing. Um, so yeah, that's the future. Uh, who knows maybe some vacation rentals I think I that you're the type of person that. <laughs> that is always looking for challenges and growth um so once you've got everything else in place and running smoothly I don't think that you're going to just be content to sit on a beach somewhere maybe for a short amount of time um but you're going to want to be doing no. something involved having a team having that um challenge for you to continue helping and sharing with others as well. So I can see you definitely doing something more, maybe um, multiple locations, things like that. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that Body Bar was a franchise. It wasn't something that I, I've never done Pilates and we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So getting to a gym has been um, very difficult, um, especially after having children. So I actually have my own in-home gym system things that I've been trying to do consistently. I've been working out. Yeah. Um, but I see uh, your workout. So that's really cool about the <laughs> franchise and the fact that it does have its systems in place. It's not building everything from the ground up, but also I would imagine that the experience you have over the multiple businesses that you've already started on your own is going to be a big part and play off because, um, every business that's successful can't just be stagnant. They're always looking for new, better ways, good information to try and systems to apply in a new, in a new place for that, um, information. So once you start one business, taking the step to start another one is probably a little less scary because you've been successful in the past and you know that For you sure. can do it. It's just about yeah. being consistent and having the time. So 
Well, is there anything else that you would like to share or any advice you'd like to leave with our listeners if they're considering opening their own business? Yeah, the piece of advice that I would leave is if you feel so called in your heart to do something, to open a business and share your knowledge of whatever it may be with the world, don't let fear hold you back. Just try it and, and stay consistent. And I guarantee, even if you feel like there's competition all around you, people are going to be drawn to you for some reason other than somebody else. And it will That's pay very off. good advice. So and we've all got our own little niche that makes our businesses different and um, enticing to certain clients. So um, I think that's great advice. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Kayleen. I learned a ton. I'm going to be listening to this podcast again for my own benefit because sometimes I feel like I miss things when I'm trying to host and make sure that I'm (laughs) following kind of an outline, make sure we're not getting off track. So I'm excited to listen to this one, make Ethan listen to this one because we're always trying to improve the way that we run our business um, to continue maintaining our employees and making our work environment a great place for all of them as well. So thank you so much for being on here with me today. And um, thank you to all our fans and listeners for their support and listening to these podcasts, checking us out on social media. Um, And again, until next time, I'm Kat the Dog Trainer, and we'll see you in the next video. (laughs) 